Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 99, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. We have a full studio this week with two people from, I guess we'll say Grow and Fortify first, representing the Brewers Association of Maryland. Uh, Kelly Dudek. Hello. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Jim Bachman. Hi, Chris. So why don't you tell everyone um, what you are and what you do first? Sure. Um, I'm the director of strategy for Grow and Fortify. We've been around for um, going on five years. Grow and Fortify represents value-added agriculture producers, growers, and operators in Maryland. Um, and by value-added, we mean when you're taking um, a raw agricultural commodity, modifying it or altering it to make make something useful like alcohol. Yeah. And typically more profitable. (laughs) So hops to beer, wine to grapes, but also uh, cucumbers to pickles and uh, milk to cheese. And the list in Maryland goes on and on and on. And so, yes, we represent Brewers Association of Maryland, the Maryland Wineries Association, the Maryland Distillers Guild. And then we work with other value added producers in Maryland. Precisely. <laughs> but you didn't say what you do for them. Oh, I am the uh, communications manager, new communications manager at Grow and Fortify. And then also in the room is Eric Gleason, broom, brewmaster, head brewer, head brewer. Head chief Pumba. ninja at uh, Barley and Hops. And why are you here? I was invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> They, they said bring beer. Uh, oh, so <laughs> the closest dude in town with beer. So yeah. Basi- basically, Jim just wanted to try a couple of your new releases. and Without standing you know, in line or paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, I mean, that's a good enough reason for me. I believe there's more of a reason than that, but I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so first, I guess the, the first thing let's talk about is uh, the Maryland Craft Beer Competition. Which is taking place when? This this Saturday. Judging takes place tomorrow. Yeah, at Calvert Brewing Company. Right, tomorrow. Tomorrow. We have a long day ahead of us. <laughs> and uh, how many? Get, tell us about the competition. It's annual, right? Yeah, I'll start by just saying the Brewers Association in general. We have over a hundred breweries in Maryland. Um, we have about twenty-five or thirty that are in planning and hoping to open their doors in the next year or two. We tend to, I think, attend a ribbon cutting a couple times a month, sometimes weekly here in Maryland. Um, and so the Maryland Craft Beer Competition is the one competition we have a year for all of our brewers to submit. Um, we have up to 10. They can submit up to 10 different beers in a variety of categories. I think we're at 18 categories this year. Um, and f- best of my recollection, I reached out to Houston the other night to say, I-, I just don't know the history of the competition that much because the association has changed hands. He thinks it's been around 12 years. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah. And he, of course, he remembered that the very first Best in Show went to Loose Cannon. So year year one, um, but so this year, Jim, can you want to talk about the entries this year? Yeah, sure. So this year we have more entries than uh, the competition has ever seen, with two hundred and forty six entries. Like Kelly said, we've got eighteen categories of entry. Um, we had nearly. Do you have defined categories that you're um, 
that you're requesting submissions from, or do you base the categories by what has been submitted? The categories are set up through BJCP judging standards, okay. and then they all have subcategories that will eventually fall into them based on where the submissions land. We changed it a little bit, I guess two years ago now, because uh, there were like 40-some different categories in it, and we were giving away a slew of medals because we'd get two entries in one category. Yeah. And we, so we, we really looked at them and thought, you know, here in Maryland, what's the trend? What's the style? What are we getting the most of? And that's when we talked to the association about it and formed a... A competition committee to narrow that down um, and so this year for example we added hazy hazy juicy ipa to the list uh, bjcp and brewers association also added that to theirs but we'll modify it as trends change i think do you know um, that is the number one um beer gro- uh, consumption growth for women I did not know that that's and actually that's a, pretty fascinating that surprises me because not many women that i know like a hazy juicy ipa and it, it's, that's from julia hers at the Brewers association Interesting. And i don't think she would lie to us Mm-mm. well regarding the the competition and how the committee forms stuff eric actually sits on the competition committee for the Brewers association of maryland and he was able to see there's a good reason for you to be here precisely <laughs> i know some stuff it wasn't just about free beer <laughs> uh we we spoke as a committee earlier this year about which uh, which categories in the marketplace were the ones that were going to give Maryland breweries the most amount of exposure and the most amount of market impact if they were able to win in those categories. So it was a, a no-brainer for us to adopt the Juicy Hazy category. We fleshed out a local ingredient category, meaning that the brewery has to brew their beer with 100% local Maryland ingredients. Uh, and we did a couple of other arrangements with wild ales and fruit beers to make some really nice sour categories and fruit specific categories. I will say though, so we had 246 this year, easily a third of the entries are IPAs. So between American, English, double, I think we have specialty IPA and hazy juicy. They make up a large amount of the entries that we get. Our judges are going to be done with hops tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Do that in the afternoon so yeah. you can actually taste the beer in the morning. We have to we have to start with them to get through them so we know who advances to the afternoon. What um what's the second most popular group of submissions? If I I was looking at them again last night, I think local ingredient is actually up there pretty high. Uh, We started that last year. We tried to encourage our brewers to enter a beer that was made with some local ingredient. We didn't put a number on it, and that category was huge last year. Um, And this year, we actually upped it based on the competition committee suggesting that that be a 100% Maryland ingredient, and it's still a a large category, that and pale ale. Yeah, pale ale was very big this year compared to last year, and it looked as though the mixed fermentation stuff really was starting to take a hold. So there's some really creative brewing out there using different uh, types of yeast and mixed fermentation. The local ingredient beers have definitely become a lot better in the last couple of years. It's like when that trend first started, like they weren't bad, but there just wasn't a whole lot of flavor there. But the all the ones I've had this year were really good. Well, we have some really great malt houses in the state. We have a lot of hop farms and uh, people that are really taking the time to develop their their agricultural process to make good quality ingredients for the brewing industry. Yes, yeah, so you can. De- I mean, that's what I'm saying. You can definitely tell that they've improved the quality of their product over the past couple of years. Absolutely. 
So who who um who's doing the judging for, for so the competition? We've got a mixed group of judges. This is the uh, highest. Um, I guess we'll call them ranked. R- yeah, it's it's the <laughs> it's the best turnout we've had for BJCP judges in terms of ranking and uh, competency. There, you know, the BJCP has all these levels. Yeah, we have a bunch of like national grandmasters, national master judges on this one. We got a really great turnout from the judges, which I think kind of bolsters the idea that this competition is doing a lot more for the industry. It's more important to the judges to be there. Uh, we have some folks that are not BJCP recognized judges, but are, you know, certified through sensory training or work for retailers that are, uh, primarily focused on serving great craft beer. And then we have some civilians out there to help round it out and give us an opinion. That's a little bit more, way more objective than what a judge might have in their mind. So people with way better palates than what I have. Probably. I mean, you, you know Chris better than I. To say. No, Chris has a great palate. He just likes to he likes to taste everything. Um, and you don't judge much. You're like a really you you tend to like a lot of beer. You don't critique much. That's a good thing. Well, if I do, it's you often just, internally and off the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about adding a second competition in our yearly lineup. That is sort of a, a one off. Like every year, we would pick a different style. Um, for all of our brewers to submit, and I think it would be great if our brewers were the ones to judge that competition, sort of a peer review. As a brewer, would you be into that? I'd be all over it. That'd be fun. Like, we we all get together and, like, hey, let's brew this and see how we do. Yeah. That'd be fun. What should our first style be? I don't know. I think we should open it up. Everyone's going to say, make a New England IPA, but I think that would be boring. We should do a New England IPA in, like, 12 years (laughs) and see how that stands up. Yeah. But no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the hot style. That's probably the one that everyone would, that would be the natural logical choice. It would probably be in the winter. A peanut butter and jelly lager. Fail. (laughs) Hey, we get together with Maryland's uh, grape growers and we could use some local grapes. That would be awesome. See, that'd be fun. It's a much better idea than you tried to give it credit for it. We actually have people growing peanuts in Maryland too. Well, there you go. See, it could be an all Maryland ingredient (laughs) beer also. (laughs) You wanted to hate on it right away. I didn't. <laughs> he I'm, said it I'm would be fun. about beer, man. I know. My first thing was like, it, we should turn it over to the group, and it will be fun. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday, the judging's taking place, and then the winners will be announced when? The following Saturday uh, at our first annual event called Revive, which is a food and beer pairing event that's taking place at the Shrine of St. Anthony in Ellicott City. And how nicely that rolls right into the second topic to talk about today. Um, Works out beautifully, is, doesn't it? Uh, so what is Revive exactly? Kelly, why don't you take this one? Sure. this is your baby, this right? This is my baby. Yeah, and I'm so excited that it's actually going to happen um, a week from tomorrow, August 25th. So I'm sure a few of you in the room have been to Savor which is uh, an event put on by the Brewers Association. I've never been there. You're kidding. It looks too fancy for it's, me. It's a little fancy, um, and that's what we were going for with this as well. We See, really... I go to – there's a festival in Pittsburgh called the Big Pour. <laughs> I used to go to that because it's like a blue-collar saver mm-hmm. where it's in like a warehouse, <laughs> a, a re, like one of those uh, recycled construction, reuse, recycle – warehouses right and it's all like like hamburgers and like it's funny that you use the term blue collar because i please it's in in august or september it's Mm. coming up soon 
We'll have to look. We might have to look at a road trip, man. Yeah, it's good. good. It's really, it's gotten really expensive, but it's good. And you don't have to dress up. You don't have to dress up for ours either. No, I I was comparing it to Saver. (laughs) So sorry, I cut you off. That's fine. (laughs) My bad. So we were looking. um, But you do want people to dress up. It would be fun. It would be nice. Uh, I think the location and the subject matter call for it. And that's what we were trying to do. We're trying to elevate the perception of Maryland beer. So people like me are not welcome. No, you people like you are absolutely <laughs> welcome because that's who we, 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 we want this to be sort of a, a crossover audience between foodies and beer lovers and, you know, people, probably wine people who might look at this, uh, take a second look at it because of the way that we're presenting it. I meant like more of like lower class. <laughs> <laughs> We'll keep we'll keep Sorry. class out of it. <laughs> we are so, happy to have everybody at Revive. Oh, it's an all inclu- okay. We, we're, so we're so long as they are excited about the food and the beer. <laughs> gotcha. Right. So we wanted to shine a spotlight on some of the best of the best. So we are highlighting the winners from last year's Maryland Craft Beer Competition. There were uh, we have sixteen uh, different beers that are being featured there. Sixteen different categories. And all of them are paired with a equally creative dish from a, a picked restaurant in Maryland. So there's going to be sort of stations throughout the evening of uh, a beer and a restaurant paired together, which is one of the reasons that Eric is here. And before we talk about some of those pairings, I just want to say, the, the, to go back to the reason that we're doing it, I think that there is this, um, and it's not wrong, but there's this perception that beer is a little bit more of a blue collar or dare I use the word pedestrian type of drink, um, because we use terms like throw one back. You know, we have lawnmower beers, we have shower beers, we we drink beer wherever and whenever we can. But uh, there really is a craft and a refinement to it when we're talking about independent craft brewers. And uh, it's evident in the beers that they're making. And we really wanted to show that they can be high-end um, and we're pairing them with very high-end dishes in a extraordinary uh, location backdrop. And I think when you see how these beers have been paired with food, you can definitely tell that not only do the creative opportunities explode inside the brew house when these guys are selecting hops and yeast varieties to make these really delicious, tasty beverages, but you can see how it can also spark the creativity of somebody who's been challenged to come up with a dish that's going to work well with them. And I think that that's a really neat kind of draw into the quality aspect of what's going on. It's I hard to make. I thought you were going to say they also explode in your mouth. Yes. But well, <laughs> Eric's beer will explode Eric. in your mouth. I have tasted it, and I can guarantee you that will happen. Like a fruit gusher? Kind of. We should have Eric. With rooster sauce. So, so. <laughs> rooster sauce. <laughs> so barley and hops took home the gold last year in the spiced beer category. And those of you who know Eric know that he very rarely brews the same beer twice. So well, that's because most of them have uh, orders to not make it again involved <laughs> with them. Hey, now, now. <laughs> that's marketing, not brewing. <laughs> so what was the name of the beer you won with? Uh, it was called Mexican Pointy Boots. Yes, Mexican Pointy Boots. It was a mole so Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic yeah, beer. That was, that was a really good one. Which would have been fun to pair. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected to like that one. Well, I didn't expect chili. to like it, but it was really good. Yeah. So Eric decided to brew a special uh, spiced beer for this um, event in particular, and then we paired him with the White Oak Tavern in Ellicott City, 
And Eric, why don't you describe your beer? Because only you can describe this beer. It's a weird beer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which we're not drinking right now, but we will be. I I brought one with me. We can try it in a little bit. Um, I decided to try to make something that um, was more seasonal. Um, The mole stout was great in like January when when you wanted to be inky, rich, chocolate full stout. But for the summer, figuring this event was August, wanted to go something a little bit lighter, but still have a lot of flavor. So um, the original concept was going to be an horchata, but then our chef released a new menu that had a lot of Asian-themed ingredients on it, and I thought putting a Mexican beer with all this Asian doesn't make a whole lot of sense, so we decided to make um, a Thai-spiced lager. So it's Pilsner. uh, The grist is Pilsner, um, spelt, and flaked rice, and then we decided to add kind of like a a curry of ingredients just to kind of give it some more depth and almost like a, a Penang. So there's, I gotta grab my list because I don't really remember it all. Um, lemongrass. Yeah, there's lemongrass. Ginger. Galangal, which is like a blue ginger. Um, coconut, kaffir, lime, tamarind, uh, sambal, olek, which is kind of like sriracha on steroids. Um, palm sugar, lactose, Thai chili pepper. There's probably something else in there. But depending on how you lay all, layer in all those flavors, that's kind of how you make a curry. And the idea is to make not one ingredient stand out. It's to balance, and you get a little bit of it. So the heat that's in there from the Thai chili peppers is a building heat that's back here. Sorry, I didn't mean to whack your mic. Um, and it'll kind of, like, get progressively hotter. And every time you take a sip, you'll have a little bit of a different experience. So the idea is that, you know, it'll pair with Jake's crab cakes and, you know, his tuna poke and all that kind of thing. But what you are being paired with. What I'm being paired with is uh, from White Oak Tavern. I forgot my cheaters. Um, <laughs> it is a shrimp and garlic steamed dumpling uh, filled with shrimp, cabbage, carrots, scallions, and Thai basil served with a lemongrass coconut milk sauce. So the flavors are complimentary. Amazing. Yeah. So and the way it's going to work is we're. Well, real quick, though, yeah. since we're speaking of beer pairings. Oh, and I brought take a real. Poster. I said one moment, please. <laughs> I was, was going to give you a poster now. <laughs> <laughs> Where's John to pop up from the background? <laughs> Sorry, let me interrupt. Well, while we're talking about beer and food pairings, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors and the people who make the ro- the roast. Thank Roast House Pub, who's a master of uh, beer and food pairings, for helping the Uncapped Podcast exist. Who also is participating in the event? I should say they are paired with Jailbreak Brewing. And in the competition is their half of ice and the uh, feed, feed, the the mo- feed the monkey. Awesome. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. And thank you to our supporting sponsor, Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions. Craft Alliance Packaging Solutions has been serving the craft beverage industry since 2012 and prides itself in helping their customers excel in a constantly growing industry. From concept to cooler, Caps offers solutions to your packaging needs, providing mobile bottling services, technical support, cake repair, rental bright tanks, and much more. It is their goal to help you grow your brand and your business and make your product stand out. 
Be different, look different. For more information, visit capsbottles.com. All right, so since you guys completely interrupted me, I forget what we were even talking about before we took a break. So We were talking maybe. about food and beer pairing. Oh, that's Good right. Good job on that. Uh, <laughs> well, no, like what specifically. You had f- just finished up with your pairing. with the. Actually, let's open that now. And then, Kelly, you were about to say something, and so hopefully you kept that in your memory of what you were going to say. Mm. That seems like a big no. I think the big thing that we learned there is that Roast House Pub is also going to be involved with this. Yes, we another, did learn that. Another great Frederick uh, business, and they're paired with Jailbreak. He's got a really cool name for that dish, too. The prehensile pity cup. Someone else could read that description <laughs> because like, there's a couple of dishes that came in I had to look up words in. Um, it's got all kinds of crazy layered flavors. It starts with like a phyllo dough cup and then builds from there on. Which I believe that is what a pity cup is. That is a pity cup. It's a prehensile pity go. cup layered from bottom to top with basil, bacon, cardamom, caramel roasted plantain, carrot and lemon curd, sweet potato, hash poke salad, Szechuan peppercorn, mallow meringue. That sounds awesome. And I now remember what I was going to say. So the way that this is going to work is we have, those of you who have come to our BAM events, we always give away a glass, which is typically something like this. We're doing something different for Revive. We're trying to do something a little swankier. What are you doing? I'm not telling. No straws. (laughs) No No pretzel necklaces. (laughs) (laughs) um socks and then we'll we'll do like a four ounce pour for all of the 16 beers that are featured there and we're calling it a bite or two of all of these dishes so it it is technically an unlimited sampling of both beer and food but it's meant to be sort of these small small sips and and bites to pair throughout the throughout the evening and we do have a really good mix with no effort, <laughs> we didn't even try, uh, but we actually have a great mix of sort of meat to vegetarian to seafood to even dessert. We have someone pairing um, a German chocolate cake cookie with a, an Oktoberfest. Yeah, we've got several vegetarian dishes, several pescatarian dishes, no big overlapping proteins. That was our biggest fear was everybody was going to say, you know, it's easy sausage or bacon, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, but we ended up with some really creative dishes there, and I think all of the the chefs and restaurants that we're working with for this event kind of like phenomenal. Chardonnay barrel smoked and shredded duck confit with dried cranberry and micro green slock, crispy duck. Turn that mic off. <laughs> crispy Sorry. duck and skin dust and duck liver crostini. Yeah, I mean it's fascinating high cuisine. I yeah. think this is going to be really really great stuff. Yeah, I often like when reading the um, the descriptions from the beer dinners that Roast House puts on. I have to Google a lot of the <laughs> the foods or what it is because I have just absolutely no idea what it is. For this one, this is the first time I've seen a braised filet mignon, braised and pulled filet mignon. Never heard of pulled filet mignon, but I will be having it. Who's doing that? I think that's Bistro St. Michael's. Foster's on the point. Foster's on the point. A good guess. Yeah. So how were the... um, Foster's on the point should say Hagerstown paired with Antietam Brewing. Yeah. They're our westernmost participants. Um, How how were the team, the, the pairings selected? This first year it was kind of organically. I mean, 
first year doing events is typically tough. Um, we probably should have given ourselves a year and a half to plan this thing, but it really ended up coming together in about six months. So uh, what we did first was reach out to all of our gold medalists and ask them if there are restaurants near them that they have relationships with that are supporting Maryland craft beer um, that they thought would be a good a good fit because we really wanted them to collaborate. We wanted the chef to get together with the brewer and you know taste the beer and talk about it. Um, so that's really how they came together this first year. And then they were given free reign to just whatever they wanted to to come up with yeah that's what I, we were kind of joking about is we had thought originally we should give them some structure because we want to make sure that we're not going to have 16 pork dishes or you know yeah something like that but it actually ended up working out on its own so for yours did did you talk to um can't remember who's your, what's the name of the white oak tavern white oak tavern to come up with the ideas together or was it always like who, what was the jumping off point for the two of you? Who came up with what was going to be made first? Um, I came up with the beer first, okay. um, just because of the process and the time involved. Yeah. Um, and it's primarily a beer event. And then I um, reached out to their, uh, to Claire, and I said, this is what I'm thinking of making. This is the beer that's going to fit this category. And I gave her the ingredient list and the suggestions. She gave it to the chef, uh, Greg. And um, I sent a sample of the unfinished beer before it was carbonated just so he could cook with it, play with it. Um, this beer's great for steam and shrimp, by the way. So I just thought maybe just try that and maybe do a duo or a crudo or something. And he um, came up with his own thing on his own. So I'm eager to try it. I'm, I'm glad that they were sort of willing participants because I have to say we all know that Eric makes a good beer. But when he sent the first initial, like, this is what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was it was a hot mess. It was like everywhere. There's every ingredient you could think of, and then he's like, "But wait, it's a pilsner," <laughs> you know. And you're kind of like, "This is crazy," but they totally went along with it. And I think you actually had Jim try the wort, and uh, he was just like drunken noodles. It tastes like drunken noodles. And we're like, "That's really all we need to know. It's going to be delicious." So from your description of it, I actually thought I was going to hate this beer. Oh yeah, because I I don't like spicy or heat beers um but this is subtle enough that it's it's quite nice and enjoyable thanks man because it's like the typical like habanero sculpins when i was given as an example i can make it like through a half a bottle of that before i feel like my esophagus is going to catch on fire um with all the beers that i try to make i always strive for a balance i try to look for something where you get a little bit of everything i don't want any one thing to be the star and um, especially when there's heat involved, if you get this really palate-forward heat, it's, it'll blow away your senses and you won't be able to enjoy it. Or they'll have one sip and go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Give me a pale ale. Um, I want this to be something that you want and, you know, like it and want to try another one. I think how you talked about it earlier is totally appropriate with layering all the flavor like a curry. I mean, you really do see every aspect of these flavors coming out. The citrus is awesome. Like, the fact that it's there and it just keeps, like, brightening up the day is really, really nice. That's the, yeah, the, the lactose, right? The, the, the lactose the, the and the spelt and yeah. the coconut. Kind yeah, of there's a creaminess to it. It's nice. Oh, you guys are going to make my head explode. I'm so happy <laughs> you get it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask about the spelt yeah. from a nerd perspective. Is that all for body? Uh, there's body, but there's also a nuttiness that you get from spelt that you don't get from wheat. There's like a – it's just a different flavor that you get. Um, it's, it has a more 
can't really describe it. It's like a roundness of flavor. Um, and I like it. And I had originally ordered it, like I said, I was going to do that horchata beer. And I had all the stuff lined up to do the horchata beer. And that would have been great for, like, the, um, you know, doing the rice and the cream and the lactose. So it was sitting on the floor. And I'm like, well, I'm still going to make a beer. But now I'm going to go a different direction with it. Maybe Cupid's Curse? Perhaps. So was the rice an adjunct? Or is it just there for stability in the kettle, I mean, or in the mash tun? Well, um, in or, or in a, well, remember, like, the horchata is right. a rice-based beverage. So that's why I got the – the rice will thin it out. The spelt will thicken it up. And then I thought, well, there's rice in Asian dishes. That's – I mean, it, this was kind of a weird process. Yeah, it worked I kinda, out. I kind of just went shopping at H Mart, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of how it happens sometimes. It's delicious. So the – what are the hours of the event? 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Saturday the 25th. Again, that's at the Shrine of St. Anthony in Ellicott City. And where do people go for tickets? Foodbeerrevive.com. Tickets are selling pretty quickly right now, so we'd like to see uh, everybody get them as soon as possible. And they I, are only available in advance, we should say. I was going to say, yeah. if I remember correctly, there won't be any ticket sales at the door, and even a, if it doesn't sell completely out. This is a very limited opportunity in terms of attendance too we have it uh maxed out at about 300 people okay and i can tell you for anyone who doesn't have tickets i've been looking at this menu i've been drooling at this menu for like a couple of days now and it's definitely something you want to go to which one are you most looking forward to um you have to put me on the spot like that don't you (laughs) yeah i've never been to owen's ordinary but i love the name of that place i don't know like i think it's the alliteration and it just Sounds really cool. Yeah, it's an interesting. And we have two of our breweries, uh, one double gold. So um, Owen's Ordinary is one of them that's going to be making two dishes um, to go with Manor Hills, two beers that, that won. Yeah, the Naki sounds really good. The Parisian yeah, Naki. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm actually looking forward to the union offerings because you got the their brewed IPA with an oyster shooter. I love oysters. And the lemon lime sour with a rockfish tartare sounds great on a hot summer night. Yeah, that so that's really union good. with Dylan's oyster cellar. They're gonna. What are your thoughts on brute IPAs? Do you like them? Do you think they're weird? I think it's are cool. You, have you made one? Are you gonna make one? I don't know that I'll make one. Um, I'll try one. I mean, I've I've never even had one to tell you the truth. I haven't made it around. I haven't been uh-huh. able to escape the brewery to get out to actually get one. Um, I get the style. I like the idea, and it seems like the polar opposite to the New England IPA, which might be kind of a cool like side-by-side. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Innovate. Make something new. Kevin Bladger dropped off. Uh, they entered the Brute IPA into the competition as well. Um, when he dropped them off at the office the other day, we asked him just a little bit to describe it because they didn't have their toasting uh, or their tasting notes up about it yet. And we were surprised to hear that it was 7%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm excited to try that one. I think that the dry characteristics of IPA were probably one of the things that drew certain beer drinkers to the style. So it'll be really nice to see something that's like bone dry, really nice finish that's going to kind of reawaken that whole West Coast movement from like 10, 15 years ago. Which could serve as a crossover too. I mean, that could could lure some people into the market that aren't quite here yet. We used to call them Saisons. <laughs> Just saying. Nice, super dry, dry hopped. <laughs> Vanish has a really nice um, Brute IPA on tap right now. The Andre V2. 
I think we're going to see a lot of them. I think they're they're popping yeah. up. I didn't even know such a thing existed until like a month or two ago. Did you bring any of that to share? No, oh. I did not. I saw Larry this morning. Did he, he bring gonna, you any to share? No, but he offered some. He said, come down, try it. You know, you should really have His first stop there. on that road trip we were talking about. Just pop down and see Larry. You should go there and have their peach pie IPA. Sounds good. It's a, No, it's not good. It's amazing. Are they legitimately now doing flights that are like a full soda box container of it? I mean, we've been there before and done flights. I think they've grown, right? They're like. Well, we, no, that's the small one now. Oh, that's, that's now the small one? There's the mega flight. And I noticed it because. I think it's 18. Cut. No, that that one is twelve. Uh, Colin and I were there yesterday for a Chris makes Colin drink, and so we ordered you the crippled me- him, didn't you? Close to, because uh, we ordered the mega flight, nice. and he was angry that I um, was being the adult and didn't get the giga flight. The giga, giga f- flight. The giga flight is twenty four tasters. That's crazy. All of which so. are probably exceptional. Well, I mean, all of the, I mean, all uh, 12 that we had were, and they only have only, um, I think, 20 different on tap. So if you go with, only. That's I, so if you, if you go to the Giga, you do have to double up on a couple of the, but Larry tried to tell us that those were meant to share. You're not supposed to get the Giga for yourself. Are they all Vanish or are they guest? Yeah, it's all Vanish. Guest. Okay. I shared a mega flight, just saying. But I had enough room for a pint afterwards, so that was well worth it. That's what we did, too. (laughs) But the Peach Pie IPA is amazing. I do say so myself. Hashtag affiliated. I'm not obligated to to announce any affiliation to the making of that beer. But, yes, I did help brew that beer, and it's amazing. (laughs) But it's mainly – it was – it was Larry, BJ, and Aaron that made it so amazing. I had, I, I don't know that my carving up of uh, peaches or <laughs> the conversations of what we're gonna make beforehand had much to do with the outcome of how good it was. So, sure it did. That's the love that goes into making a beer. There was, there's a lot of love in that beer, and it's delicious. Nice. So you guys also have um, a few other events coming up that we want to talk about and highlight. We do, but I'm realizing we didn't say a couple things about Revive. Can I just okay. round yeah, it out? Pull the mic a little bit closer to you. Don't re- break this one because we're running I out didn't of break the we're other running one. out of microphones. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> Eric handed me a beat. I mean, we have one left in the corner, but this is live. So I, don't I don't think. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people want to. Yeah. Um, Watch us replace a microphone. Wow. So try not to break that one. I won't. I just wanted to paint a better picture of Revive because, again, first-time events, it's hard to show pictures or videos of what to expect. So next year, hopefully, we will have a bunch of that. it's closer to impossible. Right. Impossible. So I just want to – close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't work with me here. Imagine yourself. 300 acres of rolling greens um, just outside of Ellicott City – it's this beautiful Italian Renaissance building um, that's sort of tucked back off the road, so not a lot of people have seen it, let alone been able to tour it. Um, and there's about 15 friars that live there um, year-round uh, who will pro- These are monk friars, not chicken friars. Exactly, <laughs> who will probably be joining us. We're told if there's food and beer, they will be there. Um, are they all bald and wear robes? Please they wear robes, that, uh, not bald. They're all actually fairly young. They're, yeah, fairly young. Yeah. You can ask them when you Very come. Very disappointing. 
Um, we so, should brew beer with those guys. Monks make great beer. They do. Um, so this event will be both indoor and outdoor. All of the food and beer pairings will be indoor, but it, it's really the kind of building that begs you to wander and look around. There's just a lot of really neat rooms, interesting places. Um, for example, there is this library in there that I think is like a, a three-story library with one of the ladders that, that goes around. Um, it's just a great room, and we're putting our best in show, who was Evo, for their Chardonnay migration um, paired with uh, Bistro St. Michael's, who will have that room to themselves. Um, so the inside is just a really interesting place. There's a there's an outdoor courtyard with arches and a fountain, and um, we're going to have the plate scrapers there, who are a local bluegrass band that people tend to really enjoy. Um, and we'll have high tops and tables set up outside, so it can be both an indoor and outdoor event, and with lots of room to spread out. Like, Jim and I said we are limiting this year to 300 uh, tickets. That's really for us to get a handle on what we can handle, what our chefs and brewers can handle. But we plan to continue this event and have it there and grow it year after year. So it's a it's a good time to get in early and have the place to yourself. So by grow, do you want to have eventually more um more beer and food pairings too, or just more people attending? Or both, more people or? attending. I, I think. We'll see how this goes. I mean, I love the idea of highlighting the gold medal winners from the competition. Um, it doesn't always line up with them having that beer avail available for the event the following year. So we may modify that a little bit. But I would like to stick to showcasing the different the categories. Winners. Or at least the, the styles, you okay. know, the different styles. Yeah. So Jim, do you want to who, – who wants to talk about the other – I have to lean way over here. Well, you can, you, can. You, you can slide that over, too. But once again, don't break it because there's – I didn't break anything the last yet. one. I know. I, no, I was talking to Kelly. Oh. Kelly's the one walking through here breaking stuff left and right. We've got a couple of other events that the uh, Brewers Association of Maryland is working on. We have um, Twist and Stout and Hops and Harvest both taking place on September 29th. Hops and Harvest is in its third year uh, in Columbia. We've partnered with CoFest Co. out of uh, Howard County to put that together. Who also does the brewery tours? Yes, they do the, the Maryland Maryland brew goes tours. To some goes to distilleries on some of the tours. Also, yeah, and those are segmented out by region, which is really an awesome opportunity for enthusiasts to get around and see what's out there. So we're happy to work with them again to uh, put this event on. They're going to have two sessions featuring breweries, wineries, and distilleries from Maryland. Tons of vendors, bunch of food, uh, and they have live music. Uh, Vinyl Rhino will be playing. They've got a DJ playing, and then they have a really nice family-friendly orientation there. So that'll be great. And then on the same day, Did you say the location? I yeah, it's at the lakefront okay. in Columbia, and that's again on September 29th. Tickets are on sale now. I went to that one last year. I was I really enjoyed that festival. I like the. I recall talking to you about it. You did enjoy that. The um, I like the combination of the different segments of craft artisanal alcohol products it's got stuff for everybody the other really cool festival that's going to have beer and wine is twist and stout and that's in uh, anne arundel county out at the uh, quiet, Waters. quiet waters park and that's a really big event that they're planning out there it's going to be massive space out in these really nice hills and big stage lots of live music there are going to be a lot of wineries and a lot of breweries at that one also on the 29th is that a new 
event? Yeah, this is a first-year event, and we're working directly with Anne Arundel County Parks uh, or Recreation and Parks to put that together. Okay. So that one's great. And then uh, the one that a lot of craft beer enthusiasts in Maryland are looking forward to is the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival. The date's been set for November 3rd. It will take place at the Canton Waterfront Park again. Uh, We have a really great location in Baltimore for these folks to come out and enjoy beer from, I think we had more than 40 breweries there last year. And I expect that we'll see a little bit of growth on that this year. Yeah, I would, that's a, also another great festival. I would say second only to the one in Frederick. Well, that's great because they are like sister festivals. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, really awesome that we get to promote the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival as the only official beer festival in Baltimore that's put on by the Brewers Association. So that's a really nice thing to know when people are making their choices. You know, Where are you going to get the most amount of impact in supporting local breweries and it's going to be a baltimore craft beer festival did you happen to see the um the thrillist list recently that listed frederick is yeah it's like uh, the seven small cities to know about for beer yeah um so and like i would say we, it's it's great that frederick made a list but it kind of does diminish diminish frederick's standing as the east coast craft beer capital of craft beer this one did you notice that we went from baltimore to frederick very quick well, quicker than you can on 70. <laughs> Chris has a very good uh, philosophy that Asheville is the new Frederick. Yeah. So that is what we're working with yeah. here. And uh, I, I do think that... Asheville is the Frederick of North Carolina. There you go. I think that uh, I think there's a lot to be but proud of. I really think I'm going to get picture, like, t-shirts <laughs> that made. I think there's a lot to be proud of in Frederick. It represents <laughs> a good breadth of all of the different styles and sizes of breweries available to... Uh, business owners in Maryland. There's all classes of license here. We've got brew pubs, we have manufacturing breweries, farm breweries. Uh, It really showcases what brewing in Maryland is all about. Some people may say that it's even like the go-to place on the East Coast for craft beer. Some people. Some may say that. Some may also come to Maryland for the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival, which is November 3rd, the Canton Waterfront Park. And then return in <laughs> April when it's in F- Frederick. Or May. May. Or May. Or uh, May. Whatever date. I don't know. <laughs> Eric, I'm getting a slow sweat from yeah, my tuck-tuck like tuck tie. You like the heat? Like, yeah. What was that third one you brought with you? A little bit here. Um, the third. So we have anything else to cover? Do <clears throat> you have anything else you want to bring up, talk about? Another thing about the Baltimore Craft Beer Fest. So one... We're actually swing that sorry. gently. Gent- can I just introduce uh, can you? Can here. you move the microphone for me, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> um, lost yeah. it. What was I gonna say? There was one more thing about the Baltimore. The I was gonna other, talk about that, but I thought there was something else. Other than it oh, not the, the, being the date in, in general, yeah. Like typically, we have the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival in October, and we were just sort of pushed out of that month for a couple of reasons. Competing festivals, we're always competing with a lot of stuff. The weekend that we do at the marathon, the Fells Point Festival. Um, so we're pushed to the first weekend in November, which I think some people were a little, mm, I don't know, worried about. No, I like that. It's I still, do too. It, that's like the beginning of fall in Maryland. No, that's like straight up fall. At that point in the year, so it's going to be cold. So last year, it was 78 <laughs> degrees cold. on November 3rd. It we was like it 130 <laughs> in December last year in Maryland. I think we're going to be safe to have a beer festival in, and I in the beginning of November. We, you know, Just bundle up. We'll yeah. have not much competition, and it's a good way to sort of end craft beer outdoor festival season. 
Um, but yes, the other thing about the thank you. The other thing about the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival is we do um, something called Battle for the Brewskies. Uh, we have a competition for bands to. Uh, we try to do three different. Sorry. That's how I got in trouble last time. Yeah, she is me. not to lean forward to get beer. <laughs> As I said, that's the last mic that they have over there left due to Kelly. We'll just come sit like, on your lap. I, yeah, we're not going to all gather around over here. <laughs> uh, anyway, people uh, reach out to us, brewskibattle at gmail.com. They Can I make a suggestion for yeah. bands? Oh, yeah. Double motorcycle. Well, they have, to qual- they have to send us just an mp3 and i a, sent and a it live to you video. i sent it to you last year they and you ignored the, it i did not ignore it we had a lot hey, of submissions i last saw year. you bouncing around and enjoying <laughs> the music during the beginning uh, of the show so so we want people to submit and then we usually have about three people play throughout the festival and we have people tally votes and the winner goes home with either actual product or lots of gift certificates and things to redeem to get Maryland craft beer around there. So double motorcycle will be out. So, so last year, the herd of Main Street won. Um, and, and the winners not only get a bundle of beer, but we also book them for the Maryland craft beer festival in Frederick. Um, and I think a good one. <laughs> Jim, this, this is your friend. <laughs> So Baltimore Craft Beer Festival is new. How many years has it been around? Third. This is the fourth. I think. Yeah, I think it's the fourth. This is the fourth. Okay. Um, so we, Frederick's been around quite a while. So. uh, No, the the Baltimore one's awesome too. I love. I I've enjoyed. I've been to it twice. They're different. Baltimore currently, there's a little bit more elbow room there. There's definitely much more elbow room at it. (laughs) Which is nice. Things that we keep consistent are water, right. green, green space, music, and beer, and food. True. Excellent Maryland beer in both. Yeah. Yes. That's the key, regardless of the host city, Chris. Will you have sweaters available at the Baltimore one this year? We will Asking have socks. Eric. Socks. And we talked about some... Oh, there you go again. Mufflers? Talked about <laughs> some nitties, some hats. Ooh. Let's see. So what's special about the glassware for Revive? It's special. Oh. All right. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to cover? Can you I good? just talk about this beer I just poured for you guys? Yeah. So this is uh, – Well, I was going to go to you next and right, ask well you then. if you had anything you want to talk <laughs> That's about. That's quite all right. I'll wait. <laughs> Eric, what's going on at Barley and Hops? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um it's it's hot in the brewery right now. You mentioned that. Uh, just been brewing a lot. Just you know, trying to turn out some fun stuff. We're brewing an imperial malt liquor next week. We're going to be brewing a, an Oktoberfest the following week. We have a Vienna Lager that's going to be coming out shortly as a preview to Oktoberfest. Um, I don't know, just beer stuff and hopster. 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 Yeah. This which is... we have some in our glass that you were really anxious to talk about. Why, thank you for that intro, Chris. That was very kind. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a beer that we did called Hopster. Um, it's sort of one of these as people are discovering new styles and, um, you know, trying to pioneer a little bit and brewed IPAs and whatnot. We're dubbing this one an unfiltered modern lager. 
So it takes the elements of a traditional continental lager and adds a little bit of the mouthfeel that you would get from a New England. This is not an IPL, an India Pale Lager, that some people are doing. This is all continental hops. It's got a grist that has a little bit more milkiness to it. And then um, we used all Czech sauce and um, a little bit of debittered citra leaf just to give a little bit of a pop at the end. But it's not really... This one was tough to figure out how to categorize, so we just kind of made up a style for it. But it's really tasty. It's and you dry can, hopped, right? It yeah, it's dry hopped with the Czech sauce and the debittered citra leaf. So easy drinking, lawnmower beer, but just has a little bit more character than a Pilsner. It's a good follow-up to Tuck Tuck. It It'll just wash calms, all that heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring you back to earth. Calms everything back down a little bit. <laughs> nice palate yeah. cleanser and delicious. <laughs> Helps erode the sweat. <laughs> The elevated heat. It's not like unpleasant heat, though, right? No, I no I'm no no. It did. So I'm sure the majority of people will love that. It it builds, like you said. The more you drink it, the more the more it kind of builds in the back of your throat. And it's like Thai food. A sweaty. Yeah, it wasn't like it a was painful. Perfect. It was, yeah, it, was it was more of just like it feels like it kind of raises your whole body temperature as opposed to feeling like it's going to cause heartburn. Perfect. But I would you're hired. I would suggest <laughs> you're any, my next description. I would suggest anyone who like if you're going to get a crowler of Tuck Tuck, you should also get a crowler of Hopster to take home with you. Here's your check. <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> Thai restaurants in Frederick has like their heat scale. You know, you go to five. I'm I'm into heat. Can I get my noodles at a five? And they go, you want a Frederick five or a Thai five? This is like a Frederick three. The tuk tuk was so it's not too spicy. Where what is the is there are, is there scale one to five, or is it one to ten? What like what's their? I don't think that they number the heat on dishes normally. I think it's just kind of like an in-house determination. No, they definitely do. Are, are you talking about uh, Kitawat? Yeah. Yeah. So when they go there, whenever you order something, when I order, I order a five, and they say, "Do you want a Frederick five or a Thai five? Uh, see, whenever whenever I order, they just ask what like on a, like this what I want, and I. Like, I think I got as a four or something, and, like, it, it's pain, like, it's so good, but it is literally painful to eat. If you're like, not crying when you you're done to, with your food, then yeah, you didn't you, have a good meal. I mean, I had to take multiple breaks. I was sweating. Like, I drank so much water. It was mm-hmm. it was torturous, but it was Are delicious. Are you a Frederick five or a Thai five? I do a Thai five. But I would kill it with Hopster. Because this would just be the most pleasant accompaniment it like it, to it, that to that. It dish. actually would, because it just completely washes away. Like this would pair perfectly with hot wings. You should say their name again, and we should go there for lunch. Kitawat. <laughs> Kitawat. I like Thai food. It's re- have, you, have you ever been there? I haven't been there. It's really there. good. All right, so I think we've sufficiently gone off rails. Um, we're probably done, and. Do you want to break anything else, Kelly, before we wrap up? I think I'm good. I think Just I... grab a chair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got one more. I'm doing something fun. This has nothing to do with this, but I live in the town of Poolsville, and tonight I'm pouring beer on um, a family-friendly event at Friday. It's called Friday on the Commons. Bring your kids, bring your dog. There's bouncy houses, food trucks, and uh, there's two bands. It's just a fun night out. I just thought I'd let Are either know. of them double motorcycle? I don't think double motorcycles on the bill, but no. I'd, they're I'd playing have to check. at the um, Baltimore Craft Beer Festival. <laughs> right on. Baltimore, not <laughs> Frederick, right? Not at the Frederick one. Um, maybe I'll work, we'll work on that for next year. 
if you go to Poolsville tonight, ask for Eric specifically. He's a hell of a guy. He's a good guy to meet. Say hi. Drink his beer. I'm order. the one pouring the beer. <laughs> order, order a tuck top and then follow it up with a hopster. I will have tuck top. You'll be happy. Tonight. We have hopster. Uh, I don't think they order hopster. It's, it's uh, tetzel worm, which is the hefeweizen. Um, Catoctin clear, which is our Hellas lager. And then there's, I don't remember the other one. I'm drawing a blank. There's five beers. I know. Can that. I ask one <clears throat> question of Eric about the uh, competition? This is, no, this is not your show. Wow. All right. <laughs> Thanks I'll, for having us. See you next time. <laughs> All right. So I'll allow it. What uh, what category were you most excited to enter a beer in this year in the Maryland Craft Beer Competition? Um, what did he enter? I don't remember. <laughs> he, he entered in like seven seven or eight categories easily. I, um, I don't remember. I well, you said you said I could put in up to ten, and I think I put ten in. So. Um, I don't know. We have a pretty good Vienna lager. The Tuk Tuk is just wacky. I just want to see what they say about it. Um, I don't know. I, I have to say, too, okay. if there is an overachiever in how to submit beer into the Maryland Craft Beer Competition, <laughs> it's Eric. We're going to have to do a public shaming to a lot of our members. We, we couldn't believe how many we got that had <clears throat> zero on the zero way to identify them on the bottle. Um Eric not only prints the appropriate paperwork that goes with it, but then laminates it. The ink runs when they sweat. It does. It and attaches it to the can or to the crawler. Double rubber bands. Right. Not double motorcycle. Double rubber bands. I'm type AAA, man. Give me a break. I do everything that way. You should see how I fold my laundry. We're going to start a new award this year for best package delivery. I want to make it easy on the people to figure out what it is. I think Eric should run a training session. Yeah, there you go. I will annoy the hell out of As part of the competition committee, we'll uh, film you getting beers ready for submission, and we can turn it over to everybody else. I'll be shot in the back on the way out the door. (laughs) Jim, do you want to give a rundown of – all the events, the dates, locations, all that important information. <clears throat> Maryland Craft Beer Competition, tomorrow, Saturday. Well, no one goes to that. August so. 18th is the judging. We will be announcing the winners to the public on Saturday, August 25th at Revive. Get your tickets to that today, foodbeerrevive.com. We then have a couple of great events coming up in September. Do you have to September. put in www first? No. Okay. September events on the 29th, we have both Twist and Stout taking place in Anne Arundel County, and we have Hops and Harvest taking place in Columbia. And then November 3rd is the Big Brewers Association of Maryland uh, official event in Baltimore. It is called the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival, and that takes place on the Canton Waterfront Park. Tickets are on sale for that, and the website is updated. So come out, enjoy great beer, see Double Motorcycle perform. <laughs> All right, um, Eric. Thank you for bringing your beer. Um, you proved to be much more worthwhile than just free beer. Thank you. So you, you undersold yourself. Thank you for the invitation. I enjoyed being <laughs> here. And uh, thank you, Jim and Ke- Well, mainly Jim, because he didn't break anything, for coming out to talk about all the great events that BAM has May coming out. May I just out say, it's hard enough to be a woman in the beer industry. <laughs> I, I don't know you what you gave her the crappy mic. I don't know what you guys did that. I don't know what your gender has to do with breaking equipment. <laughs> you set her up to I, fail, Chris. Set, I mean, come set on. Set me up to fail. <laughs> I mean, these these microphones are gender neutral. <laughs> there, the cords are not. <laughs> there's there's nothing about them. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you everyone for watching and listening. I'm sure you enjoyed this immensely. 
Um, thank you, Kelly and Jim and Eric. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers to Maryland Beer. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cohen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.